Happy Holidays from the Badass Records Podcast. So, um, the great one, Wayne Gretzky himself, no. Uh, episode 99, uh, Badass Records Podcast. Mike Gary, how the heck are you? Thank you for having me. Yeah, man, thanks for being here. So, are you are you buddies with Lucas? Is that how our connection happened? Or All right, I'll tell you the story. It's interesting. Um, Will, episode 92. Yeah, Will Walthrop. Him and I are yogis together. And we've been going to a uh, Tuesday or Thursday class at 6 a.m. on the plaza for about four or five months. Okay. Will is a, uh, I would say, a new friend of mine, okay. which is exciting yeah. as, a, as an older male. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> making friends, obviously, is not something you do every day. No. And Will and I, besides going to yoga and never speaking to each other except, hey, how are you doing? Good work. You know, you, you got a good practice, blah, blah, blah. Um, we started talking about music. We started talking about life. Will and I have a lot in common. Okay. Um, at one point, Will says to me, check out what I'm going to send you later. And he sends me your podcast. Interesting. And I listened to it. On a drive, where did I drive to? Um, oh, I went to Tall Grass Prairie um, and did some hiking out okay. there. Okay, cool. And I listened to the podcast up and back. Um, when I got back after listening to Will's podcast, I said to myself, I'm going to check out the other 91 guests because I know I know a few other people that you've had on. Well, I, I said to myself, as a lifelong Kansas Cityan, I know that I'm going to know some people that you've had on. Okay. Um, and the first person I found was Matt Smith, which I think is episode 72. That's right. We can the, look at the wall. The Eric Fisher episode. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any other 72s. So. And we can go all the way back to another person, um, Brad Buckner. Oh. Which he's in the teens. He's maybe? 21. 21. He's that tiny little signature up there. Yeah. So Brad uh, has, tw his twins are the same age as my oldest daughter. Oh, wow. Okay. And I've seen all his bands play multiple times. Nice. Uh, I've only seen Casey Green. I've not seen Tiki Brawlers. Casey Green's my favorite. Okay, cool. They're, they're pretty fun and jammy and, yeah. and funky. And then when I saw uh, that show, uh, I asked Kadesh Flo to do an episode, and he did one, and that, that was super fun. And I don't know Kadesh, but I knew of him right. just by right. seeing his name. Um. So whatever the correspondence was that day, uh, I feel like Will said uh, friend of a friend or something, something like that. And, and it was happening regardless. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Between between Will and Matt. So then I reached out to Matt and I was like, do you know Mike Gary? And his, he literally was like, do I? <laughs> and well, then I think maybe you guys had even messaged that day. I don't, I don't remember, but. And what's funny about Matt's episode is I'm uh, faintly not recognized by name, but I'm part of the Ohana Festival crew that goes every year to the Ohana Fest. What Did that come up in his episode? It's not ringing a bell. Yeah, I think when he was talking about Pearl Jam, okay. how Matt's seen him 158 times. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so you know Matt just through you're not buddies with his brother. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yes, his brother Lucas and uh, about seven other guys were in a big high school clique that we've been friends for. Okay. That's same with. Uh, in fact, on our uh, we have had a couple iterations of our high school buddies text thread, but it's had to move to WhatsApp because somebody's in Canada and somebody has uh, some Canadian based phone service to where if not everybody can see each. It's, it's a totally an anomaly, but uh, Matt messaged the group over the weekend. I uh, probably on Saturday or Sunday that his brother was going to the game uh, yesterday, which was another reason why I was crabby. And it's like, I shouldn't be still letting the Kansas city chiefs affect my mood, but I, I do. I mean, there, there were certain notes that I was thinking of what should I, and shouldn't I talk about in this episode? Uh, since we are talking about text threads, high school friends (laughs) in, in this particular high school thread, I am known as the spiritual advisor of the Chiefs Kingdom. For real? <laughs> That's pretty cool. Well, who, who assigned that title to you? <laughs> this is the best part, myself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, um, and let me let me use my credentials as a background, but um, lifelong Kansas Cityan, basically lived out of Kansas City for college and a couple of years on the West Coast. Held season tickets every year that I can remember imagine um my my dad and i we've jumped around the stadium we started at the 25 yard line on the chief side and recently we moved up to 20 yard 20 yards above patrick mahomes and andy reed at the 50 okay on the chief sideline uh against the bills taylor swift was 15 rows behind me okay I was and at. I don't get to many games. I was at that one. Let me tell you that the security was high, and it was something that I didn't really. I'm trying to think of the right words, but it it, it, it inconvenienced me a little bit. Uh, the security because of Taylor's presence. Yeah, uh, women were lining out to get a 15 second glimpse at her as the game was ending. There was probably 20. Uh, Johnson Jackson County Marshals waiting guarding the, the suite. Wow. It just it was something that you're going to a Chiefs game with your son or you're I'm taking my son and I just want to have a good time, see a Chiefs win and it's just a sideshow. Yeah. Yeah. That was um so one of our buddies that's in our thread is in Denver and his son's birthday wish was to attend a game. So it was supposed to be three dads and three sons and um I mean when the Kelsey to Tony play happened, we went nuts. Nuts. And then all of a sudden, everybody's lining up for the next play, and I was like, I didn't see a flag. There's nothing. I was like, what? It took like five, six minutes of real time to get any kind of explanation, and then it was over. And I was just like, what the fuck just happened? I mean, <laughs> and then and like, it would have been one of the greatest plays in NFL history yeah. if it stood. Coming on the heels of the death of Frank Wycheck, right? Music City Miracle, same. You know, you remember the that same play, play yeah, right? I mean, essentially, yeah. Um, which God, um, had I known on December 10th that uh, 15 days later we'd be watching just absolute 
disaster. I don't know what the deal is. What do you, I mean. As the unofficial spiritual advisor, <laughs> um, let me state this, but one, I don't believe Taylor Swift has anything to do with the Chiefs struggles. Good. I would have questioned your sanity if you would have. Um, I, I think maybe she's contributing to other things with Travis Kelsey and, and maybe his uh, focus maybe is not 100% on Agreed. the Chiefs. However, as a team, uh, I just feel that there is something going on between the coaching and the offense, and it has to do with either Eric Berry's absence, Matt Nagy not being capable of doing a good job, or Andy Reid may just be checking out. Which one do you believe? I think Andy's checking out a little bit. I think he's he's slowly releasing control of the team in a way that he's not he's won two Super Bowls. Yeah. I think if if you asked Andy when he took over the Chiefs when he did if he won two Super Bowls, would he have been happy? I think he would have been thrilled with one. Yeah. And, of course, you want to go out and win again, but you also got to be up for every game. And everybody, I once heard somebody talk on another show that said, when you win a Super Bowl, everybody in the organization from the top down has to be super. And do I think Clark Hunt's been super this year? Absolutely not. Because? Took the game to Germany. That was his call or a part of a board's call? He, he, he's the one that gets to sign off on it. He's losing the game. Uh, number two, I, Clark gives out a towel every time we have a ring ceremony. <laughs> you, you could consider Clark one of the cheapest owners in the league. A towel? Yeah. Like, you know, the guys are getting million-dollar rings, and we're getting towels as season ticket holders. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that yeah. Clark could do a little bit more for the fans of Kansas City. Number two, I think that, you know, sometimes I, I think there's some distraction in the Chiefs uh, about the World Cup and the stadium. Mm. There, there's, you know, the Royals want a new stadium, which is complete BS, by the way. Uh, I, I don't have any faith in John Sherman. I don't know what his plan is. He seems to be a Kansas Cityan, but you never see him do anything in Kansas City. You know, does, something's not right there. And baseball? Do any of your kids watch baseball? No. <laughs> Granted, I have, uh, you know, um, my my daughter couldn't, she doesn't really care too much about her. The, the fact that she's playing basketball is, uh, you know, entirely social. Um, and in fact, things were so bad. Things were so bad for the for their squad last year. Uh, I pulled the coordin- basketball coordinator aside and was like, "Do I need to get my credentials up to snuff?" And and she was like, "I don't know, maybe, but not not yet. Let's see." And so this when this season rolled around, she was like, "Do you?" And I was like, "Oh, sure, yeah, I'll coach." Um, and a quiet, you know, silent understanding that my daughter would make B and I would coach the B team. Well, she's got, she got a dribble up thing from Santa last year and then she has to do it every morning that she wakes up here. 
Uh, I made her play spring and fall ball, which she detested, but her one of her best buddies played, and we made sure that they were on the same team. And then she goes out for tryouts and makes the A team. Oh, nice. And they were like, you can bail if you want. And I was like, I mean, who are you going to ask? And they're like, we don't have anybody. And I was like, okay. So I'm coaching seventh grade girls team that I don't have a kid on. And then she has her team and then he has his team. And so it's just like, I've already sent the wrong information to our parents once. Cause I'm looking at three schedule. Anyway. Uh, no, my, my kids don't watch <laughs> baseball at all. <laughs> And I'm also a middle school basketball coach, which we can totally get into later because there's some good stuff there. But baseball, I don't know if it's a, a sport the world's betting on right now. It's just it's it's become slow and monotonous and there's not much action to it. And kids need action. They need attention. They need Fortnite and TikTok. On. There you go. So long story short, I don't think the Chiefs organization from top down is being super this year. That's why their problems are. It goes. Seems like everybody and their mother, Matt Nagy. I mean, I, I think that that's an easy uh, exactly. finger to blame. But like I said, I, there's something going on from the top to the bottom where there's people aren't paying attention yeah. to the I's and, and crossing the T's. Yeah. And it just shows it on the field. And unfortunately, it's just. Yeah. And, you know. Um, after the Tony interception last week, uh, everybody was time to be done with that. And it's like, I get it, man. But like how quickly you forget the role that he played. You know, it's just like, um, you know, some. Wait a second. In the off season, they were talking about Tony being, you know, the number one wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. But, anyway. you know, we're here about music. So yeah. 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 We'll get there. We'll get oh, there. Okay. Um, I just, you know, uh, a few seasons ago, um, week two, some local sports talk radio person was like, um, what's his name? Daniel Sorensen leads the league in missed tackles. And I was like, what do you, how do you, that's not a stat that is kept. Um, and everybody just trashed him. And then of, of course he was, he was immediately gone. And, I just wanted to, and I did frequently in our thread talk about how many pivotal, huge, crucial plays he made in route to championships. And it's like, we don't, without any one of those plays, we don't wind up where we wind up. So it's, I know it's a very, what have you done for me lately kind of thing, but I just, I mean, it makes me feel bad for Kadarius Tony or whoever happens to be. Kadarius Tony, in my opinion, is probably the most talented wide receiver they have on the team, too. It's that's I know that's crazy. And again, his focus isn't there, which is uh, allowing other people's focus to drop. And it, it's if you didn't have such good defense this year, there's no way you'd be no, nine and whatever no, you are. Not in first in the division. That's, yeah. The other thing that uh, blows my mind is. Um, the drop off in MVS's play without Juju Smith Schuster is like I cannot connect those. It's amazing. Like there was one play yesterday where he just like didn't even try. You know. Well, I was talking to somebody, and it, when you when you add up all the playoff games that they played over the last four or five seasons, uh -huh. it's a whole nother year. 
and and no one no one stops to think about that and and plus your off season's much shorter than everybody else's all good points you know mini the draft is in april mini camps in may you know mandatory mandatory mini camps in june yeah and then you're back in pre-training camp in, in july i mean wow you know, uh, the, who's the worst team in the league? The Arizona Cardinals or the Carolina, Carolina Panthers? Panthers. Uh, they're going home next two weeks. Yeah. That's Jan- crazy. January 1st, they're yeah. home. Yeah. And, and the Chiefs, you know, by the last couple, you know, two of the last five years, they've been partying until March. Yeah. Um. Well, thank you for being here. Um, what is the um, picture or the icon that appears uh, when one texts with you. It's like this swirl. Oh, I just, it's just an emoji. Okay. It's fascinating. It was my picture, and then I changed to a mushroom, and then for business purposes, I thought, oh, I'm just going to use the. Okay. The, it's uh, cool looking. <laughs> um, Let Freedom Trip. Yes. Podcast. Correct. Um, found where? Spotify, Apple, Amazon. Wherever All the you, places, yeah, right on. Uh, origin story there. The podcast is about me, by me, and for me. Basically, it's just therapeutic for me to get on there and tell my stories. And if it resonates with people, even better. Am I looking to go big? Absolutely right. not. Right. Um, and what what is what do you call yourself? Flying K. Flying K. Um, so I just, uh, looked at the descriptions for all the episodes. And so I have some questions about each or not each up a few of the episodes. Um, the, the background of let freedom trip is that during the pandemic going through a difficult time, I decided to give up alcohol. Okay. I had, the rest of us were like, we'll take yours. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's funny, and, and that's when I really started to realize kind of who I was because throughout my life, I'd always never really wanted to follow the crowd, but I did follow the crowd. And so quitting alcohol was the first time I was really zagging in my own life. When I everybody else is zigging. zigging. Okay, okay. Wow. I mean, I'm uh, a lot of kudos to you. Um, it to anybody listening or watching it might sound like those are uh easy words to formulate and to get out of your mouth but to do that i imagine took some hard work and effort and concentration and focus maybe i'm wrong i don't know (laughs) and maybe that's my you know unknown superpower but i was sitting with a friend and we were smoking pot cannabis and I just looked at him and I'm like, I am just so tired of pot. I'm just, I need something more. I'm not drinking. I'm not, you know, I'm not against other things. Right. And he says to me, <laughs> he says, we've always wanted to trip together. And I said, that's exactly it. We need some psychedelics. Okay. And the easiest psychedelics to get a, your hands on, especially in a pandemic, is psilocybin mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And literally, 
figuratively, livingly sitting here, the mushrooms just, they sobered me up. They, they opened my mind. They connected parts of my brain that just hadn't been working for a long period of time. So this was your, you had no... I had no idea what I was doing. But you had not, you didn't take mushrooms at any time prior. There were a few experimental mushroom trips and actually in one of the episodes maybe the first episode there's a there i describe a perfect bad trip oh okay where i had passed out at a uh, music venue uh in george washington the gorge yeah uh during sunset to jack johnson singing bubbly toes passed out because uh, of the psilocybin well the moment was so... Oh, wow. Dude. That's heavy duty. But the moment was overwhelming, but I had drank a bottle of Jack in the parking lot probably the night before, so I was probably dehydrated. Gotcha. And <laughs> now I'm... Okay. Yeah. I was not well rested. Yes. Um, so all that time, and that's what I kind of get into in the podcast a little bit, all that time I had a stigma against psilocybin or against mushrooms and psychedelics because i contributed my passing out oh to yeah. them okay and literally i had a near-death experience i mean luckily my friend oh that, this medical help was required oh i was down on for the count because you didn't pass out and then pop back up i i woke up in the medical tent i had no idea what happened to me fuck that's scary dude I mean, to, as as maybe as a twenty nine year old person, I wouldn't be. But as a forty nine year old person, that scares the shit out of me. I was twenty three. Okay. Okay. Wow. Um, <laughs> Make you might want to listen to the podcast. Yeah. Oh no, and I and I, <laughs> I will. It's just been hint hint <laughs> the last month. You know. No. 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 It's I, just been what I've learned about podcasts and this is true for this podcast for this episode who I'll send to all my friends. Uh, what I've learned is it's time and energy. Yeah. And, and neither of those things you can ask somebody to give you for without them having to think about it. Cause th no one just hands over their time or energy anymore. That's, that's the real currency. I wish we could have had this conversation before I launched <laughs> just cause people, people start saying no or not showing or what. And I'm like, what the fuck? And that, I mean, I, I realize now, I mean, and that's just talking guests, but it's also audience. Like I get it, man. I totally get it. And then, you know, uh, doing the, the back end of the, this editing process eats up anyway. No, no, no. I feel you. Uh, it, it, and it's a saturated market as well. Yeah. And there's only 24 hours in a day. Yeah. And people's lives, I understand them to be very complicated. Yeah. And I think that's what you would do a really good job of on your shows is you uncomplicate people's lives mm. through music. Thank you. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, so the, the first one I had was, um, Episode one, you already yeah. That's basically pandemic life struggles uh, psychedelics. 
in episode two, uh, sobriety and toxic masculinity. And we, so we touched on the former what's toxic masculinity is a thing, um, that f- a lot of females will throw out online or in their book or whatever, but you were talking about it for yourself. Is that accurate? Yeah. It's leading up to episode three, which is, uh, where narcissism comes into play. Okay. And so um, going through a uh, rough period personally and a rough period that my marriage was in at the time, um, there was a lot of self-introspection and looking in the mirror and trying to find out what, trying to grasp what the situation was. When I was drinking, Maybe we'll end on a story <laughs> from the uh, 2018 AFC Championship game. Oh, boy. Okay. But uh, when I was drinking, there was a level of depression that I was hitting time after time. And I would wake up and smoke pot through it. And then it would delay the depressive episode until like a Tuesday. Cause I would just be stoned nursing a hangover. It was, it was just a cyclical cycle of just not paying attention to anything and just going about my day. And that became toxic. Okay. I appreciate you sharing that, man. I mean, I, I, I feel you a thousand percent. Um, episode five, uh, contacting, uh, entities from his past to exchange healing messages. So the idea behind eps or be, be, the, the idea behind season one was to kind of tell my pandemic story, mm. how I quit alcohol. I started to do psychedelics. I don't, I, I don't know. We're, oh, okay. we're going to have to. No, it's doing pretty good. Through it. Yeah, no. So, um, it might be the entities talking. <laughs> <laughs> well said. No. So. My idea was just to tell my story, how I quit alcohol, use psychedelics, and then little by little, I was increasing the dosage. So as I become a mature drug user, you know, increasing the dosage creates, you know, stronger, heavier descents into the mind. Uh, the, The more healing there is, the more connecting of the brain cells there are, the more past memories you're bringing up that you've never even brought up before or in a long, very long time. And so, you know, when you take psychedelics, it's all about the set and setting. The set is your mindset, what you bring into your trip, what you're trying to accomplish. By the time that episode five rolled around, I had been doing psychedelics for a good six or seven months. I'd gone through some trials and tribulations of what worked and what didn't work. Getting to this point, Around my birthday, we found Terrence McKenna. I know that name somehow. He's probably, his brother is Dennis McKenna, I think his name. And he's a big mycologist in the Northwest. Okay. And his brother, Terrence. Mycologist? Yeah. Yeah, where you grow mushrooms. Okay. Okay. Mycologist. I think that's what it is. I'm pretty sure. You're probably right. I just haven't heard that term before. I don't know. I turned off my phone so I can't look it up, but <laughs> you can look it up. And I, and also I 
have an undiagnosed uh, symptom of like dis like speaking dyslexia. Oh, like I feel like I should know what I'm saying, but sometimes I'll misplace words without even thinking about it. Oh, yeah. I, so if you want to edit those out, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I, I I we got long story short, episode five is I took a hero dose, and a hero dose is five grams of more mushrooms in one sitting. Okay, and. <laughs> You cannot prepare yourself at all for a hero dose. There's just no, it's just, there's just nothing yeah. you can do. You just got to get in there. You, you just have to be in the mindset that you're willing to take on anything and anything. And what Terrence said is the best time he's ever done it or the best introspective trips he's ever gone through, he closes the door, turns off the lights, and everything just happens. Whew, okay. And that's uh, that's what I did. And that's what episode five. And then I go back the next week and do another one, and that's episode six. Okay. Episode six, The Dead Musician. Who are we talking? Is it can Jerry Garcia. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um the the War on Drugs live drugs album, okay. which is amazing. I went to the record store and bought listen to during that trip okay and as i was beginning to go down the rabbit hole in my mind i envisioned jerry garcia sitting with a guitar whoa just listening he's like i'm here to listen to this album with you um a deeper understanding yeah was um a very very valuable asset for me getting through some of the toughest sleddings of my divorce. And, um, I haven't given, I don't even, I couldn't even tell you the name of it, their release that came out since then. Um, I've, I've maybe made it through it twice and they're old. I like their older stuff. Fine. Um, and then I went and saw them at grinders last summer and it was, it was fine. And then I looked at the set list the next day or a couple days later and they're just same set list every night. I was like, fuck, man, like I, I had you guys up here and it's fine. It doesn't matter. But that that record is so amazing. Thinking and of a place is one of my top songs. Thinking of a place and um, is pain the other one? Yep. Um, yeah. Thinking of a place. So fucking good. So they were they were at the last Ohana okay. version this year, and they okay. played like six songs in forty minutes, and were really good. Nice. Um, and and I was at that Grinder show as well, and I feel like he was drunk or something that night. It was just he was kind of an off night for him or something. Okay. But, well, and you he, know, I totally totally forgot uh, that I had read plenty about his um, uh, admiration of Bob Dylan. And I was just like, what, what, are you, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's right. He's a huge, and he's, and I was like, oh yeah. Like it, it all clicked. Like he does sound a lot and tries to sound a lot like him. And anyway, it was, it was, I was glad I went. It was just like, um, I don't know, something about that record, man. That's just really, really, and he is, uh, he ha there's players in the band right but he's kind of he orchestrates a lot of the musicianship i think the crafting anyway um episode 10 microdosing for a month yeah 
um, uh, yeah, I, I just, I think that where, again, the podcast is for me, by me, about me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I journaled every day for a month and, you know, was on this microdose regime to see if it was going to do anything. And I, that's why I kind of used integration as the theme of season two is because I think even though I was integrating at the time, I don't believe the integrating ever stops. And I believe that about a lot of things now about like intentionality and, and how you go about your day. It's almost if everybody did more integrating or just more mindless, you know, mindless time, you know, or, or quieting the mind time, I think we'd all be in a better place. Well, um, we, we can talk about this after the fact, but I, I have like really, really wanted to dip my toes in the microdosing waters. And it's, I've, I've, I can't even say that I've give, I've given it a fair attempt to actually make it happen. Um, so maybe you can steer me in the right direction. And as I say in the episode, I just, the longer it went on, the more I just wanted to do a bigger dose. Mm. Okay. And, and I, I think that if you, I think if you haven't gotten to psychedelics at all, the microdosing regime could be eye opening and tons of breakthroughs, lots and lots of psychedelics and my body, very clear signs in a sort of a stair stepping way. Like we're, we're about to wrap up this chapter and you will not be revisit on for LSD and for psilocybin. Um, and, but microdosing I think has, could have some benefits for me. And I, and I'm only, you know, almost four years into this psychonaut journey. So I haven't really, I I feel like I'm close to peeking out where you are, where there's not much more that I can gain. It's funny because it's like doing, right? It's like doing 40 years of therapy in four years. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, if I quit drinking when I was 40 and I'm, you know, it's four years later or whatever, and I'm done healing from the, previous 40 years <laughs> what are the psychedelics going to do more to me i mean they're you know, that's the i'm i haven't i have not i've considered but i haven't done any major dosage recently okay but you five grams that's like three years ago now okay i've probably done two or three more five gram trips since and neither one of them were nearly as explosive as those others I mean, my first time, I I split an eighth with like four people, maybe three, and I mean, like, wow, yeah. I mean, and I I hit that again in in future trip, but uh, now past trips, um, but you know, once you once some you have some time, like a decade or fifty, whatever, and you. Uh, talk with a lot of other people about their experience and they're like yeah i mean i used to eat a quarter and i'm like what i don't know how are you sitting here like how are you not locked away that's insane there was discussions with friends of mine whether or not i should have done like a microdose tonight (laughs) (laughs) nice but i didn't it would have been interesting uh for you to have done one and then tell me about it afterwards (laughs) that was the uh we didn't what we 
what I came to the conclusion was I didn't want to put you on the spot. I was like, oh, now you're a trip sitter. You know? Like, yeah. 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 So it's, it's just very cool. That's cool. Um, so one person in particular, you know, um, I, I, I couldn't really find, um, God as connected as the internet has made us. We're all very disconnected. Um, and you know, I don't, I don't know how, what kind of grade I would give my effort, but it was like, I never, I, I was sort of trying to connect and, and figure out who can be, you know, a mentor, uh, a, or a guide of sorts as I begin down this podcast journey. And it just never happened. I had a couple folks help me with some key details. Um, but it was mostly, I was just on my fucking own. And there was one person in particular that was like, just fucking go, just do it, just do it. And I was like, no, I'm not gonna, you know, start with my phone and have it be shitty audio. And like, I, I'm not organized. I don't, I haven't figured out the, any of the pieces. Like I gotta, I gotta feel like it's go time before I go. Otherwise it, I'll, I'll make, it'll be a failure in my mind. So it took me a year. I mean, there, it was literally bringing people in to demo this room and rebuild it. And then I, I, this, this table was a door behind my furnace and I just, I cut it up and made this, uh, getting, buying all the gear and then figuring out what the fuck to do with it. I mean, it was, you know, and I, I really hit a wall there. Uh, it was like, cause everything, I was like, I'm drawing plans, I'm making outlines and notes, I'm building things, I'm buying things. And then all the shit's here. And I was, I got so, it was the same with the Xbox. It's like, okay, <laughs> I Google a thing and then I've got seven tabs open and I'm watching videos and following links and I don't even know where I fucking started. And it was just like, ah, anyway, um, I wondered if you would share a little bit about the launching process for yours. If, if it was quick and easy, if you already knew what you're doing, like what, what did it look like? I, I feel like I'm a underground creative writer. Okay. Um, I write for myself or therapeutically or whatever. And so as I was, you know, going through what I had start to experience and I was like journaling and writing down things, I was like, yeah, there's, there's, there's something here. That's what I was telling myself. There's, there's something that men, you know, needed to hear uh, of this process that I just went through. Okay. And my plan was never to really do a second season. I just, oh, wow. I, I just wanted to do that one season. In hindsight, maybe I should have. And I don't, like you said, people just tell you to go. They don't even, you know, the editing, the, the meticulous things that you might want to do and make it better. It, I'm sure the best podcasters or the most successful people are the ones that just put it together and let it go and then don't even think about it afterwards. I, I, there's just too much thought put into my stories and putting them down to paper and then saying them out loud. Like for me, it's just, you know, I've gotten into tarot card reading. It's like the wheel of fortune card. You know, you just keep moving around and around and around and you're evolving and, and things are happening. And regardless of the out, it, and that's another thing that I've been really, really hard to, but getting so much better is, is controlling the outcome. You know, it, it just doesn't matter to me who's listening to it. It's there for somebody. 
sure. that could help one man that's right. down the bottle. He's in a bad marriage. He's got kids. He can't pay the bills. There's something there for that person. I, I, I can try to reach them with marketing and all that kind of stuff, yeah. but it it's almost like the way that I found mushrooms. It's just like, you just got to be looking out for it. And yeah. Maybe it'll find you. So what, I mean, you you have a, sp- a spot in your home and are you, do you have a, yeah, what do you, a table and a iPad and, um, I mean, or a laptop and a microphone and some headphones. And okay. I just, you enjoy the space that you do it in. Yeah. Well, uh, it's a new space. Oh, that's right. That's right. My bad. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, it's good. It's good to talk about, um, going through a divorce. So it's a new space and, uh, it's kind of like I, the the current cover art on the podcast that you see was designed by a local artist. Oh, cool. Um, hippie voodoo lady is her name. And she did these, uh, tie dye things for me that are my background and, um, on my desk where I record. Um, so yeah. And so maybe you already had a laptop, but I imagine, did you, did you buy the mic specifically for, yeah, I bought the mic okay. and it got a little uh, foam cover over sure. it. And uh, I bought what else did I buy? Oh, um, yeah. I did, mean, that, did you know how to get it to go all the places right all already, or did you, how did I mean? Did, did, I I just uh, I think Reddit really became a friend of mine around that time, and gotcha. I spent a lot of time in Reddit sub threads about host and equipment and actually i found an editor who did the first couple episodes and i think that either i probably wasn't paying him enough or uh i was too meticulous in my you know direction on how i wanted episodes to sound and go because to me it was like each episode was going to be a story it would just take you away you know that's the whole thing why i went with flying k you know Mm. fly away to another time and place another you know, timeline or, you know, we'll jump and whatever, you know, and, and that's what I kind of, uh, used his ass, but I was using real life, basically stories of mine. Mm, so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I don't want this to sound, I'm very proud of, of each and every episode, but you know, you get way back in the first couple and it's like, ugh. I, so I, I'm not, necessarily mindful but i am aware that there has been some kind of ongoing evolution and i like that it gives me satisfaction it makes me feel like uh i can see the trajectory of improvement at least just from my own eyes um and it makes me it gives me some accountability because i don't want it to suck i want it to be good you know whatever the view count or the download tell what do you it, that is what it is, but at least in my mind, it's a thing that keeps getting a little bit better each, and I, I don't know, I well, find value in that. We're drinking Tapo Chico, that's my celebratory drink, I mean, I'm the last of the, you know, two digits. You are, man, you are. Uh, I mean, the next person that comes and sits in my chair is a three-digit person. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy, especially because, like, in the 30s or 40s, somebody was like, uh, do you know what the average... Lifespan is for a pot, and I was like, no, and they're like six. <laughs> oh, nice. Well, I went to eleven, so I'm all right. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, not, I might be done. <laughs> yeah, but you just did you did you not just start season two? 
I, <laughs> I did, but again, I, so, um, uh, the last episode was about this birth chart reading that I had and that took me in my own mind and I envisioned myself becoming like this tarot card reader. I just wanted to learn to read the tarot. Okay. And the spiritual community is just, it's interesting, you know? Yeah. And just like any, I, I don't want to compare it to organized religion, but you know, the people just have a problem with whatever you're doing, you know, just like in anything. What do you mean? The, the feedback on me, like becoming like the, I called it becoming a tarot card reader, how I became a tarot yeah. card reader. And it was about a birth chart reading I had. Okay. It had nothing to do with tarot cards, except there was a trip that I did see a blank set of cards and I didn't put two and two what the cards were until like two years later. Okay. Um, but ever since I released that episode, people were like, you can't just get a birth chart reading and become a tarot card reader. And I was why not? <laughs> like I'm learning to read the tarot cards. Like uh, uh, you're doing it wrong. Backdraft. You're doing that, it wrong. That's what I'm saying. It's just like they come out and 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 they everybody's got to be right. And I'm just like I don't care. Whatever. Uh, I will say that uh, you know in the mindless doom scrolling uh, that I'm often guilty of. I did one of a meme that actually made me laugh out loud was. Uh, a picture of a, a screenshot of a text thread between a son and a mom and the son says mom what time of night was i what time of day was i born and the mom says you stay away from that girl <laughs> 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 which which i hold up there with uh, my other favorite which is uh things to do in new york colon number one leave <laughs> <laughs> silly dork dad humor yeah no that's good good stuff um, um Listen, I back to your continued uh, presence. It, I think there's something admirable about that, man. And, and I'm just I'm thankful that I'm here, and I'm appreciative yeah. to tell my story. And that you know your perseverance and telling all these people's stories on this wall is is very cool. I appreciate it because that you know uh, there's a lot of uh, reasons that go into why I want to do this, and how do you pitch it? And it's like, what I really, even if I couldn't articulate it at the beginning, I, the, the story, your story is, is what I was after, right? And um, I've always loved music. Um, and so window dress it with that. And then people are like, well, I don't, I'm not, you know, my music, is, my taste isn't anything special, or I don't have any kind of uh, well of knowledge to, you know, I, 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 I won't be able to, and it's like, what are, you, what are you talking about? It's not a contest. It's a conversation. Uh, and so, but, but I knew that if I was like, come sit with me to tell me your story, people would be like, get the fuck out of here. I'm not doing that. So it's been a zigging and zagging kind of like, how do I approach folks? Right. To And it's not, there isn't one way it's, it's anyway. Um, well, no. And I think it goes back to when people find you. You know, I, I think that there's so much of, oh, I'm doing this. Come find me now. It's 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 almost needs to happen organically. Yeah, that's how I kind of want most things to happen. It's just it always feels fucking better when some sh something of substance. Right. I mean, we don't have to talk, talk about folding laundry and uh, 
every little nuance in life, but when, when, when things of substance, uh, occur organically, it always just feels more Zen than the things that you have. All right, we have to go do this thing on this day. And it's just like, ah, you know, anyway. Um, so music fan, podcaster, dad, uh, tarot card reader. Oh, yeah. Um, what, what else? If you, if we're crafting your, uh, IG bio on the, on the fly right here, what else describes you? Oh, I mean, psycho, not brother, son, uh, small business owner, um, middle school basketball coach. Nice. Lots. So born and raised KC. Correct. So your sibling's situation is? I have an older brother, Aaron. And a younger brother, David. Okay. Three boys. Yep. A lot of pee on the floor. Yeah. Bathroom floor, as they say. The middle. The middle child. Right. Right. Uh, mom and dad met in college, you said? Yep. Where well, did... Uh, Athens, Ohio. Ohio University. Okay. Um, Close to the uh, Kent State riots. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Um, and... What was that? Like 68? Yeah. 69. Yeah, yeah. So... You often you often hear the Ohio State University. This is the this is the University of Ohio. Yeah, gorgeous place. Okay, two different schools though. Correct. Right? Okay. Okay. Um, were did your folks put on music to listen to in the home when you guys were young? So to remember my childhood is non-existent. I, I don't have a lot of recollection of my childhood. It's just, it's a very odd thing. Um, the the one of the first memories I have is of the Jackson Five concert at Arrowhead. That's a that's a that's a memory that that's ingrained in me. There are a lot of sports things just kind of piled in my head about my youth that I uh, I think I've worked hard to not connect those with my youth right but the memories of my youth where there's not a lot of sports being played is very far and few between hmm interesting and other times are just bad times i don't even like to think about oh okay um wow um the first time i sat at the kitchen table with my now former my ex in laws and her and my ex sister in law, um, whatever the topic was, uh, it, it just it occurred to everybody at roughly the same time. They're like, "Oh, he doesn't know," and I was like, "He doesn't know what?" And they're like, "She doesn't remember hardly anything like before 16. Wow! And I was like, "And of course, she's like, whatever. That's not true." And they all, you know talk about how they've talked about this many times before. And I was like, that's, I don't believe that. That's not true. And then, you know, fast forward, uh, 11, whatever, 15 years and, and counting. However, I don't even know what we're up to now. And uh, I'm talking like one through 10. Well, I mean, I would say maybe if a, one through five is foggy that I get that, but six through 10, that's not nothing. I mean, it's, it's interesting. And I've always been, uh, tabbed by my siblings as a good memory guy so maybe we're just that far that on opposite ends of the spectrum um but um that's crazy 
That's wild. Yeah, there's, there's, it's all just sports. <laughs> Literally. Christmases, Halloween. I mean, there's some of that stuff. There's your there's younger brother being coming into that, the fold. For sure. Okay, there, there's, okay. there's some good times that are in there. I just think that the monotony of the day to day stuff is just kind of blurred out. Sure. Sure. Okay. Um, so how about, uh, so your first show is that you, this Jackson five yeah, at, uh, Arrowhead. at Arrowhead. Um, it's like four or five. And, uh, how about first album love or album acquisition or uh, first album acquisition was Van Halen jump. Okay. Okay. I do remember that cause I, I have in the, uh, in the podcast in one of the, in the, I think episode five that you asked about, which was interesting. I found my parents' old records during that trip. Oh, was, really? Yeah. Okay. And I busted them out. I found a record player. It was like the most exciting thing that yeah. ever happened to me. Um, in that one of mo- the greatest album covers of all time, 1984, the the baby. Yeah, Van Halen jump. Yeah, it's yeah, in there. Yeah. I haven't listened to it since, but um, you know, there's only so much time. And yeah. Listening to records, I love because it's just a, such a physical experience. Yes, it's not it's not mindless background music. It is right there with you. Right. Um, but what were we talking about before um, that? Just I I had asked oh. your first show, and then if you had a first album that you sort of either fell in love with, or was it your first purchase with your own money, or an, a hand me down that became the starter to your own collection. I don't have. Uh, I've only bought a few albums uh, on vinyl in my life. Well, I no, no, no. But I, 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 I did inherit. I did take some of those that I listened to in that episode, and cool. I now have a record player. And I well, to it, I, when so. I say album, it doesn't matter the media, Got medium, uh, vinyl, oh, okay. cassette, CD, digital. Um, it, to me. Vinyl is vinyl, and an album is uh, a release, you know, a collection of songs. But um, nevertheless, uh, you did uh, give me with give me uh, a super impressive list of uh, important records for you, um, and I like to run through them chronologically. So we go way back to the waybacks, nineteen seventy two, Neil Young Harvest. Yes, sir. Ah. Um, third of, I mean, his discography is something else because there's Neil Young records, there's Neil Young Crazy Horse records, there's a lot of other bands that he's made records with. But I think if you're just looking at Neil Young records, I think this is three of 28, uh, 10 tracks, 37 minutes. Um, now I'm running down the road trying to stay up somewhere in her head is one of the many amazing lines from the opener out on the weekend, which is one of the greatest songs of all time. And, and I, when I bought this, out this cassette, um, I, I think the FM radio hits drove me to it. And so I was more excited about having my own copy of, uh, old man. Um, and, um, what Alabama's one, and there's one other big, big hit on this record that's escaping me right now. But I, I, I totally glossed over out Heart, on Heart of Gold. Heart of Gold, thank you. Um, 
you know, Out on the Weekend is one of my all-time favorite songs. I think it's flawless. The way it kind of rolls into track two is also it just very medicinal for me. Um, what what was your Neil Young discovery like? So so it was in this collection that okay. I found. Okay. Um, and I uh, was in Scottsdale, Arizona over Thanksgiving of this year. And one of the intentions of my just taking that time away for myself was to figure out these four records for you. Really? Yeah. Wow. I just, I wanted to take this as a time to, um, you know, do, do some integrating on my own about how music has reflected in my life. And Neil Young, the man, is is very inspirational to me and just how he operates and how he goes about his business. And I've attended, I attended in the past a few, um, what was it called? Bridge school benefits, bridge school benefits, the show in, uh, Mountain View, California at that shoreline amphitheater he puts on every year. Oh, I'm not familiar. It's, um, I think one of his children had cerebral palsy. Okay. And the, he went to the bridge school. So it was nice. A, it was all acoustic because they included all the kids and the kids would come on stage and it was a big, you know, kind of fundraiser in the 90s when he was married to Peggy, I believe. I, mm. I don't believe they're mm. married anymore. I don't. I don't. I think he's had more than one spouse. Probably. And, and this album is a total heartbreaker. Yeah. I mean, and that's what drew me to it. In the first place, obviously, going through the experience that I'm going through right now. But so I'm in Arizona and I'm I, I planned this huge hike in the Lost Dutchman State Park in the Superstitious Mountains. I was going to elevate 3,000 feet. It was going to take about a couple, you know, four or five hours. And I got to this part of the hike and I'm just listening to headphones and I and I stopped and and I don't I didn't recall what song was on at the time, but. I stopped and this guy's like, be careful going down there. You're going to break an ankle. Just says it randomly because I'm by myself or I was listening to music or I was just, you know, whatever. Maybe I just look like a Midwestern. Klutz. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And so then these this dad and the son came right by me and they were moving fast. And I just had an instinctual saying to say, like, can I follow you guys? Can Is it okay if I just you know, cause we were entering this difficult, uh, part of, of the trail and it was basically just full body rock climbing, you know, up, up this mountain. And, uh, so I turned back on my music and old man was on. Oh, wow. Nice. And so- it's a father and a son. And it was me just by myself trying to, you know, do a, do a strenuous hike in the morning. So. So last month was the first time you listened to a Neil Young album? No. Oh, okay. No, okay. no, no. But this album okay. for this period of time in I my see. life I see. is super instrumental. Cool. Very cool. Um, let's see. Yeah, I mean, so I, never in a million. I've, I've been, you know, I'm not versed in every record he's put out by far, but I do have a good handful of them and I do know a good handful of them very well. And his, the portions of his body of work that I know are very, very valuable to me and have been instrumental across certain 
portions um, of my life. In fact, um, I we never had a computer when I was growing up, and and I I wrote for the newspaper, and we'd have to turn in word processed, and so I would always go to Matt's house. Uh, I gotta you know write an article, and and so you know, yes, I would do that, but there was also plenty of dope smoking and and mtv watching right and this is when liquid television comes out and that's the birth spot of beavis and butthead uh this is when unplugged is coming out and um this is also around the time that harvest moon comes out which is yeah that's like 92 amazing it is such and i mean i just Anyway, uh, to, so to go with my whatever money and buy a cassette copy of Harvest at fifteen, whatever it was, it was like I, I wanted like a those. Dollar. I wanted those those FM radio hits to have, so I could listen to them. Whatever I, I had no idea what I was about to what was about to unravel in terms of fandom for one one artist. You know what I mean? Any any uh, dislikes the album. He does? Uh, yeah, I did a little research on it, and, and he was stooping this actress, and they obviously had a falling out, and I think uh, he was injured when he wrote this album as well. And so, Really? There, yeah, there it, there's it's just some crazy stuff, and he just, whenever anybody asks him about it, he just doesn't talk highly of it. Huh. doesn't think it's a great album. Wow, okay. And then when I read that, I was just like, yeah, I know I'm making a good album. <laughs> right <laughs> or i'm yeah. picking the right yes. album because <laughs> there's something there's nothing really complex per se and i meant to look up who's playing bass on this record um but it it there's it, i don't know if it's the way that the mix was done or the volume on the bass or the actual bass guitar but it's like it's a lot of simple bass lines that just sound like no other bass lines that I've come across and there it, it just really adds a lot of texture to the record. Um, and I also, um, is it theme? Do you think the way that as much as the orange and that sun and the yellow in the background, I think that's the beginning and the end of it. Right. right. Cause so you, there's a lot you can from that color combination and even that font, there's a lot you, you can see where you get to an old man, a heart of gold and out on the weekend, a man. Need, I mean, yeah. Now I can't words. I, words. Between, now I can't, uh, unmarry my listening experiences with this album and the album art. So I might, that might, I might be speaking about something that's predetermined. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I it, personally, what I enjoy about, this album and why it's just the most played album that I have right now. I mean, I literally, whenever I'm, I'm just needing to feel, I don't know, just that I'm fine. Yeah. Soothed. Soothed. Yeah. I go to this album. Well, and it, and that's why it became something so influent influential. Cause I was looking for something for this time period. Mm, okay. Okay. Like, but it, it Obviously, it's from 1972. Yeah, yeah, 50 years ago. Um, the other thing I, I meant to look up and didn't was, you know, so we've got Alabama, uh, and then we've got Leonard Skinnerd. 
mm-hmm. in Sweet Home, Alabama. Well, I hope Neil Young, right. like, do you know, have you ever looked up the... No, I didn't even think about it now. It, it, <laughs> it's, it's sort of a back and forth uh, argument, uh, and I probably have read about it at some time and lost that information, but uh, something to something to peek into. Um, Are you a big Leonard Skinner fan? No, no. <laughs> is, uh, anybody, is anybody? Yeah. <laughs> have you ever gone out <laughs> no. in America yeah, and traveled around the Midwest? Um, so 21 years later, uh, 1993 versus Pearl Jam, second record for them out of 11, 12 tracks, 46 minutes. Uh, fitting that uh, Pearl Jam record would make the list of a friend of a Smith brother. Well, of course. <laughs> um, I can't imagine uh, the pressure, and if you read a little bit about it, it's fascinating, uh, trying to put this out, write it, record it, having, ha- you know, after 10 uh, was what it was. Um, tell me about this one for you. Uh, this this runs deep on so many different levels. Okay. Um, the reason this album will always stick out in my Pearl Jam catalog is because my brother Aaron and I we attended the uh, Midnight Madness selling when the, uh, at Streetside Records over at Ninety First and Metcalf. Okay. The one hundred five nine the Laser yeah. from Lawrence. Yeah which was one of the best radio stations at the time. For sure. They were doing a promotion of you could buy the record at 12.01 a.m. on Tuesday, whatever, remember, because it came out on a Tuesday. Okay, yeah, that's when records used to drop, right? So th- that was like one of the first midnight sales, and he was like 16, I was 13, and you know, for two guys, to, brothers, to go out on a drive and windows down, because I think it came out in the fall, you know, and it's just... I'm getting chills just thinking about <laughs> driving. And we were listening, I remember we were listening to the, the uh, 105.9 and, and they were playing songs from it. And I listened to it tonight too before I came over here just because I wanted to refresh her. I mean, when Daughter Hits, literally, it was like Eddie and I are, you know, that, like that just hit home. You okay. know, like that song, Don't Call Me Daughter. Yeah. Like it was just... Is that a long, listless yeah. breakfast table? I mean, what a... Well, and the other thing is I was in, big into basketball, okay. which has been a theme yeah. of this episode as yeah. well, um, and Five Against One, which was the original name of this album. Right, I just learned that preparing for this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in basketball, you kind of have to have that yeah. mindset of it's five against one. Yeah. So I probably listen to Animal every time i stepped on a basketball court nice little pump up song yeah nice uh interesting that you said that about neil not liking harvest uh this is the one that eddie points to and says i don't like i you know there's this whole thing about them being in california and it being comfortable and him not liking being comfortable like he needed to be uncomfortable in order for his artistic juices to get flowing i think um i think that yeah i don't i it's hard for me to put myself in in their shoes right. in this time 
um, they still produced a pretty darn good album. They did. Well, and uh, some of the other guys said uh, they wished their first one would have felt more like this one. Uh, and because I think they had a more of a band centric approach to putting the thing together and, and, and this really feels like the, what Pearl Jam really has become, right. You know, as they've evolved yeah. to where they are now, um, there's much more of this influence than there is 10. Right. Right. So how deep into the Pearl Jam fold are you fan wise? I've, uh, I've gone the distance. Okay. I'm still with them. Uh, they don't tour Kansas City for some reason. Yeah, that's not uncommon for comics bands. Or I mean, I'd, no, no, and I think that uh, what what's always been my philosophy in in concerts is is if they're local and within driving, then it's always worth on the it. table. Sure, yeah, sure. Once you start getting on a flight to go somewhere, it it has to be the right set and setting, right? It just has to become a psychedelic trip at that point. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, um, it, it, you're, I just prefer, tra- I like traveling. Yeah. So yeah. me traveling and music, th- that's a big up for me. That's taking away a trip that I want to go hike or, you know, go see something, go to an island, something like that, go explore. Um so, uh, if they don't come near Kansas City that often, it's just hard to get down yeah. to a show. But I mean, have you? Are you familiar with the, it's eleven records? Are you familiar with all of them, or have you... I've listened to them all? Yeah. Okay. Okay. There, the the later ones are not my favorites. Okay. I mean, yeah. they just put one out last year. I like that one a little bit better than the previous few. Um, my favorite record of like the later half is is like probably Riot Act. Okay. Okay, right on. I mean, I love everything through Riot Act. Cool. After that, it's like there's a few songs here and there. Right, yeah. Um, So a couple years after this, we get another second release, uh, The Benz, Radiohead, 95, second and nine, 12 tracks, 48 minutes. Um, and, And not only is it your second consecutive sophomore effort from each of these artists it's also your second consecutive uh album which folks might say but what about 10 but what about okay computer but you're you've gone verses and now you're going the bends um when did radiohead first hit your radar of course i I think it uh coincided with everybody else's career yeah of course um this album and what pearl jam was doing too was obviously i was a freshman um there was things taking place not obviously but i was a freshman when versus came out and so uh, part of what we were talking about earlier with matt and his brother lucas yeah some of these organic lifelong friends were being formed cool and Pearl Jam versus not only was part of that with my brother, but it was part of that with my friends. Okay. And, you know, those became, and along with the Benz, the backbones of what would be, you know, lifelong friends. Nice. Yeah. This album is so good. 
I probably listened to it 15 times since I picked it. It's so good. I, I just, I, I think it's also a themed album. I think that there's something, you know, uh, that they were going after um, successfully uh, to to put their stamp on on something, and you know the bends, which is when you come up for air out of the water. The bends is I think when you come up too quick, too quick for air. Yeah, that's what I meant. Fuck too yourself quick. up, right? Right. Too quick for air. Yeah. I just left out the too quick. Um, <laughs> it it just feels like you know. Bones, high and dry. Yeah. Just, I mean, Black Star, Meyer and Lung. Like, it's all, they're going after something, and, and they do a pretty darn good job of it. I mean, I I went, huh, when I saw it on your list, because it's a first. No, it's a first. It's a first appearance. Um, and uh, most of the time, if I'm talking to somebody about Radiohead, this record comes up. It's been one of the, and I got a long list. It's been one of those where uh, I go to check it out, and then I check out early, like uh, you know, high and dry. Okay, yeah, I know, I, I know that tune. And then shortly thereafter, I'm like, eh, this isn't really doing anything for me. Uh, and then fast forward X number of years, and I kind of give it another half ass. Like, yeah, it's still just whatever. I put it on to get ready for this, and I was like, oh my god, this is fucking gorgeous. Yeah. And I think uh, I think what maybe was sort of the stick in my spokes was that everybody wants to talk fake plastic trees, and I don't think that's that good of a song. I think that that I think fake plastic trees appearing on the Clueless soundtrack mm. helped f- us find the bends. There you go. There you go. What, what, and what was the name of the uh, the companies that would send you CDs? Uh, uh, God. Jeez. Columbia House, House Columbia House. House, yeah, and that BMI maybe BMI. was another one. So all my buddies and I were, as we were becoming friends, we we're like, we're signing up for these things, and so everybody would get a different CD sent to them all the time. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then somebody gets the radio at the Benz, they're like, listen to this one, and we're you know in some guy's basement listening yeah. to the Benz on a loudspeaker, and there's like five guys sitting around playing pool, being teenagers. Yeah. Well, so I'm making my way through it and I'm like, this is, you know, this is, this is better than I remember, but still, still not amazing. And then I hit track six, nice dream. <laughs> and I was like, dude, this is like, I can see this is start, sort of starting to feel like a, a stepping stone to OK Computer, which is, you know, flirts with masterpiece to me. Um, and then the whole rest of the record after that has just got a lot of really beautiful spots. And I was like, I've fucking, you know, it's not that I was wrong the first seven times I tried, or however many, but it just wasn't, it wasn't the right time. You know, I wasn't the right person. I wasn't ready for it, whatever it is. But I'm really glad because now I'm going to listen to it a lot more and I know I'm going to enjoy it. Well, all these, the last two albums have both a really good mixture of rock and roll songs and just kind of like experimental playing far out stuff. Yes. And and that was who I was, you know, as a teenager. Yeah. You know, my angst was uh all about trying to win a state basketball championship. Mm. I mean, that's the only thing I cared about. So if these were the albums that kept me going, great. Where'd you go to high school? Blue Valley North. Okay. 
So did you played all four years in high school or no? Yeah, I I, uh, I think I lettered two years, maybe went to the state championship my senior year and we won it. No way. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. That was what you wanted all four years of high school and then in your in your final year, you got it? Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. Uh, and, you know, I think we're relatively the same height. You know, you don't see a lot of... Uh, Five nine ish, five eight ish, five ten ish guys talk about their their state title in basketball. So that makes me stoked for you. Yeah, uh, I don't. Do they do they say that you can peak at eighteen? I don't know. <laughs> Some yeah. I mean, there's a whole Leonard Skinner fans. All of them did. I think I am trying to reverse age, but yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> eighteen was a great year, and in ninety seven was when I was eighteen, which was when oh, OK yeah. Computer came out. And trust me, it was between OK Computer and the Benz. Okay. I mean, it was really like I probably could have put both of them on there, but then I was like, if I'm going to put both, I'm really into Kid A and Amnesiac as a side album. Like I, my fandom for Radiohead skyrocketed with this album with OK Computer. I was just, when can I see them? How soon can I see them? Like, when are they ever going to come near Kansas City? That's, so, have you seen them? The the first time I ever saw them was. August 2001 in Grant Park, Chicago. Oh, wow. Okay, now folks that uh, are big Radiohead fans and that have seen them almost unanimously say that their shows are amazing. And this was probably, I think, at the pinnacle of their of their greatness before oh. things started. You know, I think like any band, it's like any marriage, right? A band is a marriage. And the longer it goes on, you know, the more things you need to, smooth out and you know be empathetic towards other people and everybody has a say in which direction it should go and things like that so did you so did you stay tuned beyond kid a and amnesiac yeah i've stayed tuned pretty good i i've just always connected with tom in a way that he's always kind of made me feel like neil and and Eddie, I just even though he's British and yeah. you know he just had this angst about him that just resonated. He's with got him. Uh, you know uh, the way that he holds and and moves the human experience paintbrush. It just you can't help but get a get a little bit on you, you know. It, even if you at, at times, and I'm like a chronic lifelong. I didn't. I, I screwed up the lyric. What I think the lyrics are until I look him look at him. Even if you aren't getting his lyrics uh, perfectly, uh, just the tone, the mood, the feel, the emotion. I mean, his shit packs a punch in that department for me. Well, and, and the way that they, the way that they're the trend centers of electronica, right. I feel like, with right. rock and roll, like they're, they're the ones that perfected rock and roll and electronica at the same time after, you know, um, Pink Floyd. Sure. You know, like yeah. they're, they're the next iteration yeah. and evolution yeah. of what rock and roll became. Right. Um, and and their live show was exactly what you just described. I mean, literally, it, it was Lollapalooza before Lollapalooza. There's probably like 70,000 people in yeah. this park. So, so 2001 was the first time you saw them? Yeah. How many times have you seen them since? Um, probably four or five or six. Okay. Maybe, yeah. All enjoyable experiences. Oh yeah, every nice. single one. Nice. I, I have not checked out the smile or Tom solo. I I don't. Uh, he needs the band more than 
I think the band, you know, he, the, the music and him together is kind of what we described. Yeah. I just when they're not all together, it's just not the same. Sure. Thing. In Rainbows fan. Yeah. I like it in Rainbows. Okay. okay. They, uh, uh, you know, more so than Pearl Jam, when they put out a record, there's at least half of the record that's, I feel like, Radiohead-ish. You know, when you listen to Pearl Jam records, sometimes you're like, this is Mike-ish and this is Stone-ish and maybe I'm just going into it. But it's it's very, hmm. you can see the lines being drawn, sure. but it, Radiohead seems like they're more like, we're going to give this up, right? And make it out. Like there's, it just feels like they don't, haven't lost their roots as well. Mm, okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not knocking Pearl Jam's catalog. I'm just saying that Pearl Jam's marriage has taken a different turn, and Radiohead's marriage is basically over. They don't, I don't even know. There, there's, they don't talk, still... there's talk of maybe a new album, but I'm, you know, who huh? Knows. Wow. Um, well, uh, so fascinating to go from a, uh, uh, the Benz, which has, has made zero lists until episode 99, right. to Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, which <laughs> I believe is after many many months uh still the clubhouse leader for most lists oh really yeah 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 wilco 2002 fourth of 13 11 tracks 51 minutes uh i'm pretty sure if if they were ever knocked out of clubhouse leader position this put them right back in i mean um and so third record on your list uh, by an outfit that has mega dedicated fans and lots of them. I mean, Pearl Jam, Radiohead, Wilco. Um, it, it, they're, they're, those those fan bases, in my opinion, um, are super dedicated and super passionate about the band that they eat, right? Is this, am I making sense? No, no, I think you're, there's definitely uh, some fandoms behind all these bands, but that's what makes them great too. Yeah. Of course, yes. Um, now, is it fair to say that Wilco is maybe one of the best at making each record not sound like any of the records they've ever like? They can. I feel like they can jump into in and out of genres. Dare I say that this record, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, is the best record of the twenty first century? Okay, so far because. I just think it's a masterpiece. Okay, okay. I love this thing to death. Um, And when did Wilco first land in your lap? Right when it came out. um, When this one came out, this was your introduction to them. My, I was living in Portland, Oregon. Okay, Uh, I moved there after college, and my neighbor, this uh, somewhat similar age girl, told me, "You got to listen to this record." And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I was like, I've heard of Wilco. I haven't, my, I was like, my friend, you know, back in Kansas used to listen to some Wilco. So right. I know some yeah. of their songs, but I have not bought a record. Okay. Of and, okay. And, uh, yeah. What uh, do you think it was about you and your relationship with her that said, you got to check this one out? Oh, it was just kind of like a, uh, we all lived in like studio apartments. Okay. There's all kinds of young people. Yeah. Nice. Little, uh, Sounds pretty Portlandy. Yeah. And Where did you go to school? Kansas University. Oh, in Lawrence. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then you, you wind up in Portland because, um, 
my father told me I had to graduate in four years. And when I, I didn't even think to ask any of my friends when they were graduating, I just was like, okay, I'm graduating in four. Hopefully some other people graduate in four. Right. <laughs> None of my friends are graduating in four years. But you did. Yeah. Good for you. On time. I, you know, uh, education wasn't my strength. I was more of a savvy business person, I feel like, in college. And I just kind of talked my way through and found the classes to take. So Right on. So uh, so everybody's got a fifth year on their horizon, and you're like, I'm going to go to the Northwest? Basically. And hang out? Yeah, I got a job selling radio advertisements for a sports radio station out there. Okay. How and, long were you out there? Uh, about two years. Okay. And then straight back here, or did you travel elsewhere uh so that's when my path crossed with matt smith in los angeles okay interesting lucas and another friend of ours um uh steve lambie he uh him and lucas had moved out to la and i was at the time closing things down in portland interesting wow i don't know that i knew that lucas was in la maybe maybe matt told me and i forgot but yeah no they're they're the uh and that I admire both of them for sticking it out and right and doing what they're doing. So, uh, what does Lucas do? Is he in the show business too? I th I believe he has an Emmy. He uh, has an Emmy for um uh, the uh, he did the uh, I shouldn't forget this name. Um, Last Chance You. Okay, he was part of that team. Huh? Wow. When yeah. what does their sister do? Do you know? I that I do not. Okay. Know. Okay, right on. Um, you know, you get to a certain level of age, and you're just like, you want to care about everybody, but you also have to care about yourself. Yeah, there's yeah. a cup to fill, and there's bandwidth other... is limited, man. Like, you know, I often joke, uh, as, and even as somebody who lifelong has been told I have a great memory, uh, and and but now approaching fifty, my memory feels like or uh, Oregon Trail covered wagon. Like when we left, <laughs> it was completely full. So for new things to come in, something's got to fall out the back. And that seems to be as good an, as an analogy as I can make for how my memory is working. It's like I can still take in new information and retain it for a little while and maybe it's even accessible, but I'm losing something on the back. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I, I think that's a great analogy, actually. That was, made me smile nice. about that. So, um, so uh, Let Freedom Trip is wherever you can find wherever you find podcasts streaming Correct. um you're currently uncertain as to whether or not season two will continue or yeah I, I think um it's just a, a break a hiatus and okay then we'll we'll maybe uh regroup and i don't know maybe we'll re restart things in a different way um what what I'm completing now at the end of this year that I'm really proud of is uh, I joined a yoga studio okay. in June, and uh, as of this morning, I've taken 196 classes. Holy smokes! Since June, okay. And my goal is to get to 200 before the end of the year. So nice, congratulations. So that that's something I've been toying with and kind of you know uh, the the level of focus and the way you have to kind of make time for something like that has been um, at times uh, just, it, it's, it's just been kind of load lightning for me because I'm like, Oh, I got to 
schedule my classes like this and you know i got to get up this early and so it's been really good for me and i'm, I'm really proud of myself you should too, be for, for sure 200 classes but i gotta finish i got four more so. yeah um now i have tried and i don't i'm not successful at this all the time but i have tried hard here in the last handful of years to when the when i'm articulating the notion of um not having time i'm trying to be mindful just to, to not say that or I ran out of time I, and, and instead say, I, you know, I didn't make the time for that because in, 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 not, not for everything, but for a lot of things, you know, it's, you got to choose, you have to make choices and there are so many hours in the day and the week. And so, uh, I really want to have a little bit intention, a little bit of intention and a little bit of mindfulness when it comes to the way that I communicate how, I'm using my time because it's not always, it's not just ran out of time, didn't have time. No, you didn't make the time for that, you know? And sometimes it's easier than others to, to make time for, especially if uh, things are new or challenging or different. I mean, you have, it's a different mindset. It, there, the amount of healing that I've gone on and taken on over the last four years, it, it time energy effort it's all connected yeah and you when you begin to trust your intuition a lot more you see how that's all connected and then you start seeing so much more too and i think that there's um just in, in all these albums i feel like have got me and helped me cool you know um i like to finish with Five funny finishers. Yeah, let's do it. Goofy questions. Let's do it. Uh, you're, so you're an, uh, an iOS user. You're yeah, an Apple, Apple. guy. <laughs> um, do you have opinions about the notion of red receipts? Red receipts. Or, or, oh, if someone... Because um... your, yours are not on. Right. Mine are not on either. Some people aren't even aware that that's a thing. Some people are like, Oh, I for sure want them on. That's such an interesting question. Um, I, I think that it, when it, text has become almost like a phone conversation, like when we used to want to call a girl back in, you know, middle school, you call yeah. the number, her mom or dad answers the phone. You have to have some pleasantries. That's what the read receipt is. It's a pleasantry. It's saying, hey, I'm here. I'm now. I'm reading your text. What? Okay. Like, that's like like, kind of like that you're in the conversation. Okay. If they're reading your text. So you and I are not pleasant then because we don't have them on. Most guys probably don't respond right away and they don't want others knowing that they're in the text thread, right? Because they may not be in the right frame of mind. They might have had a drink. They might have smoked some joint. You know, there might yeah. be, you know. They yeah. I just think it's, um, uh, I've, 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 well, then, like, if you read my, not that we're close, but if you send a friend, you know, a text that's, you know, meaningful and they read it and don't respond. That's where I'm going. I think that's a guy thing. Like, I think it's like, uh, I don't know what girls, I don't know what women do, <laughs> but I imagine g 
guys we just like don't care if you read it. I that's I, I I think you're right and that's crazy to me. It's like a, a, a guest a few episodes ago called me uh, a serial reactor because I <laughs> thumbs up and heart and ex- I do a lot of that and she was just like I was like I don't I don't mean it. I'm just letting you know that I I saw it whatever. Anyway, it's a, a curious thing to me. There's a friend of mine in college um he created a uh, cell phone etiquette guidebook. Seriously, and it was the most genius thing at the time. I said, "Kosher, we should, you know, totally clone that. That's genius. Like it would totally help things out too." And there was never one ever established. There was no, "Hey, this is how to guide use your text threads or whatever." You know, there's no, there's no yeah. rules and regulations. Right? It's just well, the wild you, west out there it, of. For sure, and if you if you did launch it back then, I mean, you would constantly have to be updating it because things like gifs and memes enter the fold and you know, whatever. There's just so many conversations yeah. going yes. on yes. within a conversation. Yeah. Um, so let's imagine that you have a, a, a clearly outlined bucket list, and and. and your your top three things might shift up and down right but you've got a top three and it's a solid top three you're confident that those are the three things uh that that need to be at the top of that list you're handed all of the necessary resource necessary resources to go knock out your top three everything you need is given to you what's happening first I just have this affinity for Southeast Asia. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like some island hopping, you know. Cool. Just, you know, beach going, laid back vibes type of thing. You're deal. traveling and you're going to Southeast Asia. Yeah. How long are you, are you staying a week? Are you staying a month? Oh, I'm probably there a while. Okay. Six months. I cool. Would say. Very cool. Uh, Number two would probably be hiking the Appalachian Trail. Okay. Or the Pacific Coast Trail. One of those two. Nice. Very nice. Um, and you're given the ability to have lunch with anyone dead or alive. Who are you choosing and why? It's either Babe Ruth or Al Capone. Whoa. Fascinating. Okay. Uh, just Titans. Okay. I want to pick their mind. Nice. How they came to be, who, Very cool. who they are at their yeah. core. Yeah. Um, you're given the ability to visit your past self at any age of your choosing. What age are you choosing and what are you saying? Oh, man, I, that one I think about a lot. Um, there's a lot of different places I could go back. and I, I think that... Um, the the connection back to Matt and Lucas and uh, probably leaving LA there was there was something that I was that was happening when I so I I moved <laughs> I did kind of want to get the story in do you do you have a time for a story I, I do yeah okay so I go Pearl Jam releases Riot Act and. I don't know, 2002, they play shows in December of 2002, I think. Um, 
that are back to back in Seattle. Mm. And there were only 10 club shows and they were playing in key arena. So they were hometown shows. And I was living in Portland, working at the radio station, crushing it, by the way. They didn't even know where this person came from. Like I had so many accounts. I was making, you know, new friends and just, it was, you know, it was a fun time. I was, I was having a good time. And, um, so I go to the back to back Pearl Jam shows. Amazing. And I don't recall if I ever took off the time of work. I just didn't show up. Oh, but I was doing fine. It's like, I didn't show up for work. It's like, I don't know. I probably could have sent an email, but whatever, you know? Yeah. Guy gets a little bit of break. I come back. Uh, into the office the next day after two Pearl Jam shows. And my manager named Kent says to me, I'd like to talk to you in my office. And I said, oh, Kent, I'm I'm perfectly fine having a conversation in my office. (laughs) And I'm in like a little cubicle. Right. And uh, Kent goes, no, in my office, Mike. And I'm like, no, in my office, Kent. And we go back and forth on that. Are and are there other people left oh, in yeah. earshot? Oh, for sure. I I knew I was walking in to get fired that day. I mean, the guy had it out for me. Oh, bummer. And that sucks. I was insubordinate. It's fine. I was, you know, I didn't even I didn't even tell them I was going to the shows. I just went to the shows. Yeah, right. But um, who does that? Who doesn't tell their boss that they're going to see two shows? They just I don't even know why that even occurred to me that that was okay but I was insubordinate. So Kent fires me. Portland has the worst unemployment rate in the country. It's uh, So then those two buddies moved to LA. And I found a job on Craigslist. And the, this is the story of every guy that goes to LA and ends up doing something, you know? And I just was so twisted and turned. I got some job on Craigslist working... Uh, selling corporate travel okay and uh this guy just liked me and he wanted to hire me and he wanted to pay me money and i was like fine i'll do it i'll you know try to rehash some of my uh you know reputation that i left behind and on the first day of that job the war in iraq breaks out okay so what do people do when there's a war you know and you're domestically involved they cut travel yeah yeah I guess, or budget cuts. I was going to say spending gets axed in some fashion. So now you're trying to sell a product that people aren't wanting to buy because they're cutting back. That writing was on the wall. So we're long story short, where this question got me to is the puppet strings were pulling me back to Kansas city. Okay. But if I would have been just an ounce of trusting my intuition there, I I think I could have done something and I could have done something in LA in my twenties or thirties probably. Okay. I had enough life force that something was going to pop. Okay. And I probably would be divorced, drugged, overdosed, whatever. I would, there would probably been something that would have taken place, but I had it. I had it and I started to find it and I left and Matt Smith gave me a CD as I was leaving, and the first song off on it is Off He Goes. It, a mix CD, like a burn CD yeah. that he made for you. Yeah. Oh, wow. Huh. So that's the moment. Okay. 
episode tell him not to leave. Oh, interesting. And but no regrets on leaving Portland after. Now that time is, I I'd gotten everything out of Portland. Okay. I think okay. That, uh, um, Fear Factor. You remember this show? Yeah. What's your What's your worst fear fact? What's the worst fear factor scenario for Mike Gary? Yeah, I, I Mike Gary is puked in every bathroom in Kansas City. Okay, I mean I don't even know. I have such a weak stomach. I it it it's crazy to me that I ended up drinking for a long period of time. As as much as my stomach was weak, I just it, it booze and I don't mix, so it just took twenty years too long to figure that out. <laughs> or. Or it took exactly the amount of time it was supposed to take. Yeah. Who knows? I yeah, know. I don't know. Uh, 2018 AFC Championship game. Do we want to go Oh, there? yeah. We can tell that story. Is, right this, is this Tom Brady uh, overtime? Right on cue. Um, uh, D Ford. Is that that game? Drinking heavily. Um, that whole playoff run. Uh, for some reason, I'm still playing basketball competitively on Sunday mornings. And I went to this game and I'm just such a terrible basketball player now that's why I coach because then I have the excuse of hey I don't you know <laughs> I don't I don't want to play anymore. right um, and I'm meeting a buddy at the peanut on Maine mm-hmm. and I walk in and I'm just I'm probably 25 milligrams up already on on an edible and I'm getting to the peanut four hours four and a half hours early before the game damn and I'm I've never had so much you know, testosterone walking into place, and I'm just yelling. What, what, what's that song they banned after touchdowns? Oh, uh, rock and roll, hey. rock and roll part two. I walk in the peanut on Main screaming that song. Hi, hi, juice. Okay. Give me a shot. Give me a beer. Okay. I was invincible that day, except I wasn't. By like two hours before the game. I'm wobbly and I'd had a bunch of jello shots and maybe eaten some more edibles. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't have any idea why. It was it was just a it was just me going just not even thinking. And it's just so funny cuz this guy that all these stories and all these albums are behind that I'm looking at ex- except for the Neil Young one. The guy doesn't exist anymore. Wow. You know? That's heavy. Um, he was just on a, a you know, on a, on a coaster that was, that this was the moment that I, I should have quit drinking, but it took two years later. So anyways, I'm wobbly and I'm heading to a friend's tailgate from one tailgate to the next because I'm, you know, whatever. And it's, you're not you're not gonna watch the game at the peanut. No, I'm I'm in the parking lot at this point. Okay. I'm in the parking lot and I'm at one tailgate taking some jello shots. Get a call from my buddy Lambie who's having another tailgate across the way. I've seen tons of games with Lambie. I want to go say hi to him before the game, right? No no problems. I'm gonna make it. On the way to the tailgate, I'm wobbly. I go in and I finally, like an hour later, find Lambie's tailgate. He feeds me some gumbo, and he says, why don't you stay here? You're going to be okay. And I'm like, oh, no, I got to get back. I left my wallet. I got to get the card or whatever. I just was like, I'm out of here. I got to get, get going. Like, where am I going? 
you know. So are you at the Truman Sports Complex? Yeah, I'm oh. tailgating. Oh, okay, okay. So you peanut on Maine out to Arrowhead. Yeah. Okay. And uh, on the way back to the other tailgate, I decide to take a little snooze next to a snowbank. And I wake up and I'm in an ambulance. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And I just, uh, you know, that game's lost over the overtime coin flip. It's whoever had the ball last, basically, was yeah. going to win. Um, I should have been at that game. So so what what happened medically? Why did oh, you? Oh, I was okay. I was just, uh, you know. It, I just. It was cold. It was very cold. Okay. I was fine. I just. I just, you know, I just took too many edibles and had way too many drinks. Okay, okay. You know, um, and and it was just time after time of that stuff. It was just all going to catch up to me, it, whether it caught up to me in L.A. when I was in my 30s. or Right. That was the path I was on. It just happened to be at the AFC Championship game, and they lost by a coin toss. Yeah, yeah. Well, D4 didn't help. Yeah. Uh, Rob Gronkowski showed up big. As much as I hate that clown, he had a huge, huge day, right? Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, but not then on a sour note. I, what I think is, you know, uh, the lesson here is that, you know, it, all, of these, all of these things have brought this story through this podcast, through you, you know, hosting it, like, and, and I wanted to tell these things that you can heal and you can overcome, you know, some of, some of the strongest things you thought you couldn't overcome. I love it. Um, and, and really that's what music does for me. Nice. Very nice. Well, thank you for being here. Um, let freedom trip may continue. <laughs> uh, if, even if it doesn't, uh, Go to your audio streaming platform of choice and check out uh, some of the 11 or 12 episodes, right? Yeah. I'm going to check them out, I'm gonna, at least one or two, and see, see what's up. Uh, appreciate you being here, and uh, talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks for having Thank me. Thank you. That was fun, man.